Welcome to the Child Care Barn Grill Podcast. Jeff Johnson coming here with some coming. What? Mm, no, that wasn't right. Welcome to the Child Care Barn Grill Podcast. Jeff Johnson here with Samantha Balt. Samantha, hello. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get into pops, whatever the hell that is, in a moment. Whatever the uh, hell that is. Yeah. What, <laughs> I got to I got to do a got to do a plug. Um, I'm working inspired EC in Australia and me explorations early learning. We're starting to plan for 2022, which if you're listening to this episode in 2021 is probably relevant. If you're listening to this episode in the future in 2023 or beyond, probably doesn't mean much to you. We're starting to plan trainings, online trainings for 2022 on board already. I'm going to be doing some Dan Hodgins. Uh, friend of the show is going to be doing some Heather Shoemaker friend of the show is going to be doing some Sam here has agreed to do some trainings um, who else we got Tamar show. Tamar Jacobson friend of the show going to be doing some Honestly, get, get the feelers people. out to some other people um, plan is to have uh, one a week 50 plus set training sessions uh, throughout the year um, should be some fun stuff I'm working to uh, get as m- approvals for as many states as possible here in the U.S. We should be 10 plus states I can issue certificates for by the uh, the end of the year. So that's going to be happening. Just pay attention to the Explorations Early Learning website for that. Um, so it should be fun. It's, it's people It's people that uh, we talk about and talk with on this show. Um, They're really offering great up, people and offering, me. Yeah. So. Well, oh, Josie, the, li- so- Josie and- the librarian is going to do some, uh, some early literacy stuff. Uh, uh, ha- should, be, should be some fun stuff for people that are interested in that stuff. So Sam, what the hell's Pops? What, what the hell is Pops? I'm going to back up a little bit. Several right. weeks ago, there was a free event with, with Jeff, Explorations Early Learning, and myself. We invited people just to come and sort of talk policy, which is yeah. not like legal, like White House policy, like the policies in your handbook, the policies. Like, in like the important stuff, that, early learning policy. Early learning stuff that governs your center, basically. The things that you can control. Um, and it was a delightful talk, everyone that came. It was so lovely to see you. These were a bunch of nerds that like came on a Friday night and hung around for like two and a half hours. It was so cool. They were lovely people. I am so glad that you all came. And in chatting with everyone, one of the things that I heard echoed a lot, talked about a lot was I'm ready to do things. I'm ready to advocate for play in my center. I'm ready to do this on a bigger scale that's not just my classroom that's more people and I don't know how to start the conversation or I don't know how to make people listen to me or I or I'm afraid to start the conversation so sort of these ideas of yes I want to do it and I am lacking in the tools I'm lacking in the infrastructure I need some support to do it so I was I was dwelling on that a little bit and thinking what sort of supports could be provided for people to do that So on my couch, I came up with, because as mentioned previously on this podcast, I am a hoe for acronyms. Um, I came up with. Can't wait to see that t-shirt. Right. That that would actually be great. Um, With sort of a framework of, okay, how do you broach this conversation? How do you broach these topics? And what I came up with was POPs, which stands for Procure Information, Offer Ideas, plan next steps and stay reflective and realistic. So four steps that are one after the other of, 
okay, I have something I want to do, introduce, talk about in my center program, et cetera. How can I do that? This is what made sense in my head. And also in my head, as I was reflecting on, I was like, Samantha, this is just how people have conversations. Why do you need to write about it? Like, what, what are you adding to the conversation? And then again, further dwelling on it, I feel like having a framework can definitely take some anxiety off of people. Well, let's pause you know, there if, for a moment and talk about conversations. Conversations are, I mean, we make conversations about hard stuff into, or even about not hard stuff a lot of times into big, scary monsters. We sure do. We sure do. That is something that we do a lot. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And I know for some people, okay, if we chunk it up, you know, into let's try one thing, let's talk about one specific thing right now, one specific aspect of this thing, then we know where to go. So my my thought process behind this was, okay, so the first thing you need to do is understand where the people you're talking to are coming from. Because if I am just talking at you about how I think calendar time is silly, you are much less likely to respect me, care about what I'm saying, or you might even say, this is irrelevant to me. Why are you telling me about this? I don't care. So this first idea of like procuring information, just really, it can be casual. It can be like, if you're a director, maybe it can be in a form you send out to your staff, like a, you know, a quick little survey about, hey, you know, how do you feel about the art that you're doing with children right now? Or what kind of art do you like doing with children? These things that are non-judgmental, that are open-ended, that aren't, are sticks dangerous? Yes or no? That's not going to give you any information. But how do you feel when you see a child using the stick on the playground is going to give you a ton of information. You might have somebody that says, well, it kind of depends, you know, if they're digging with it. I don't really care. If I see them chasing someone, I'm going to put a stop to that. So now you have a ton of information about this person. And, and if your you, goal to, to, oh, yeah, to, to procure this information, you don't actually have to talk to them, do you? No, you do. You don't have hmm? to. I mean, you could do a survey. Well, if well I, I, I can't. You, you can also observe people. Well, I was going to say, can can a lot of this observation be be, be done totally. through observation? Hey, Kimberly, I, I I see how you react to kids with six in the playground. Um, so there's 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 all. It, it's not all the the procuring that information is all isn't all conversational. Right. It does. It definitely does not have to be. And I think a lot of the times when you're going to procure information, you have a lot of that information already. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's something you're looking to change, like if it's. Kimberly tells every child to put that stick down. I have a ton of information already. I know that there is something about Kimberly and something about sticks that are not driving. So maybe my procuring information is just asking her more about that or just noticing what is she guiding the children to do? Oh, she's all, she's consistently guiding the children away from the sticks and towards the toys, towards the trucks, towards the shovels. Okay. I'm getting some information here. I'm understanding that sticks aren't working with her. Maybe, again, it all, this is, anytime you have a conversation, it depends on your relationship, right? Like a conversation I have with Jeff is going to be remarkably casual. Whereas a conversation I have with someone I have never met is more likely to be formal and more guarded in a way. Mm -hmm. Because like, if Jeff sees me doing something, he will just call me out on it. Like we will just... 
we will talk about it. <laughs> Whereas if it's someone I don't know, I'm, you know, I don't know how they're going to react yet. I want to make sure that they feel safe and supported. So something that I've been thinking about is how, how are we asking questions that are open-ended and non-judgmental? And that looks different for every person. You can never speak in a way that's non-judgmental towards everybody. Someone like, because you're not a, you're not a fully neutral being. You can't be. Mm -hmm. And you can think about your wording. So if, if it's Kimberly, right. And the sticks, if you said, why don't you ever let them use sticks? That might feel to Kimberly, like you are attacking her. Sure. We could instead reword that Kimberly. I notice that when the children pick up sticks, you redirect them to something else. Can you tell me more about that? You have now set the stage for her just to talk. But whatever uh -huh. she depending on the tone of voice you have in your relationship with Kimberly, because Kimberly might think you're a bitch. Um, oh, because because you you yeah, I mean it's it yeah. even even doing it that way can be it's a totally dance, right. Like yeah. you kind of have to, or is it like, is this a conversation? If I have it with Kimberly, she will shut down. Can I ask someone else to ask her? Or is Kimberly really good at responding through like surveys I send out? Can I do uh -huh. this? Can I mix this in with a couple other questions so it doesn't feel so pointed? Or like, cause yeah, I'm trying to get information about the sticks, but maybe if I ask a few questions about art and a few questions about the reading that they do in the classroom, maybe it'll feel a little more comfortable. It won't feel like an inquisition. It'll feel like, oh yeah, we're just having, we're just kind of getting to know each other's styles. This is a more casual place. So but I think if you miss that, if you miss observing the people or talking to the people, you're gonna miss the context because it might be that Kimberly um, like was injured by a stick as a child and is very, and has fearful of them. Uh-huh. And that's, completely legitimate like just erasing what she's has been through is not helping anyone so when you know that it's like oh my goodness thank you for sharing that with me yeah like wonder, like how can i make you feel safe while letting the children have these experiences like a, a couple episodes ago we, we were talking about the, the octopus and the uh the water play table and if, if kimberly had like uh lost a favorite uncle to an a giant octopus attack, octopus she, small, attack. she probably would have wouldn't have been uh in favor of having that Absolutely. octopus and, and and she would have i mean her body language would have been a whole lot different yeah. and 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 those kind of things so you got to take those things into consideration absolutely and again there's no right way to interact with that i will tell you the wrong way is just to brush it off because that's just a dick move don't be a dick, <laughs> be a dick. you know take it's another t-shirt right don't don't be a dick if you never quite know what to say if someone reveals something like that to you like my uncle was viciously killed by an octopus and i think they should be outlawed Mm -hmm. You know, you can say thank you for that information. I'm going to dwell on that a little bit while I think of how to support you and the children. An octopus like, stole my car, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I just took my wife, my yeah. savings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, does this under procuring information here, um, Samantha, is, does that include doing your homework about these topics as well? Or is that just uh, procuring information in your environment? I think it should, honestly. And that that actually hadn't been something I had considered until you brought it up. I But it hadn't been something I considered consciously. Um, but I had, I guess, also sort of thought like, oh, if you're bringing something up that you want to 
change that you want to do, you know about it. But yeah. I mean, Lisa always, always, always talks about doing your homework. And I would hope you have learned from her now, listeners. <laughs> and I think that is vitally important, especially, for example, if you know someone that's, let's say you have calendar time in your school. If you don't like it, you need to be able to say why and you need to be able to back it up. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just saying, I don't like it, my first reaction as the teacher who, as Miss Debbie, who's been here since the seventies and has done calendar time forever, my first reaction is going to be, well, you don't really know anything. You're just, you're just kind of a hater. You just don't like me personally. You're, you're attacking me and my character. You don't think I'm a good teacher. So of course I'm not, I'm, this is, I'm not going to listen to you. Whereas if you have procured the information, Miss Debbie has been doing calendar time for a long time and this feels really important to her. Well, she wrote a book. She wrote, she wrote a whole book about it. If you have procured some information that goes against her book, there's a great article about it out there somewhere. Um, and you have that and you are in a space where you can have a conversation that feels good I'm struggling to figure out how to word this. If it's like, you don't want to talk to people that you know are not going to listen to you in good faith, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have at any point said, or if at any point Miss Debbie has made, had an idea of maybe I'd like to change up my calendar time, then okay, I'm hearing you're looking for some new ideas. Now we're in the offering ideas stage, right? Like something I've read about is from NAYC. This is the name of the article. I even printed it for you in case you want to take a look at it. And it talks about how this idea of building community is vitally important. And this children, the children we have in our classroom at this age are not at the place where they can, what's the word I'm looking for? Really understand time in the way that this calendar is talking about it. It has a couple interesting suggestions like doing a perpetual calendar or having a calendar where the days are already filled in and we put in pictures of things we've been doing on those days. You know, give, give that a look. Let me know what you think about it. So that's, that's the part where we're moving on to the, to the offering part? We are now, so now this has been offered to her. This has been offered to Miss Debbie or to Kimberly. Here's an interesting, you know, I was reading about sticks and I was reading, I was reading Last Child in the Woods. I was reading Balanced and Barefoot. Something, or, or I was watching the children on the playground in the older kids group and the younger kids group. And something I noticed is when they use it to dig, they sustain engagement for a long period of time. And I hear them talking to each other. I hear them commenting on what they're seeing, what they're doing. I wonder how we could introduce that into your space in a way that feels comfortable and safe for you. And this doesn't necessarily have to, again, come with a lot of conversation. This is almost like uh, like plopping a, a new item out into the classroom for your coworker or administrator or yeah. board president to discover on their own. And, and what we know about kids learning 
about new things is they learn a lot more by handling and engaging and exploring the thing by themselves yes. than they do by having someone try to teach it to them. And so I, I, I think this is just kind of across the board how humans work. Um, if people can get their hands on the information and it doesn't feel like it's pushed upon them because if, if they feel it's pushed upon them, there's that tendency to want to push back. Right. Like think um, about the favorite things you do or the favorite things, you know, or like the skills you're most proud of. A lot of those probably came from you, from your work, from your research, from your ideas that you put into practice. So to tell someone, oh no, Kimberly, you have to let them play with sticks. You've now sort of made an enemy but to offer ideas to let that person test it out and try it and see how it feels, you've now created a space where they have the ownership of it. And that is so much more powerful for their learning. Yeah, it, it's, it's really helping them, dis, helping them make their own discovery. Absolutely. Because that's what they need to do, right? We're not here to tell our staff or our peers or our children exactly what to do all the time. We're here to provide them with the setup and the environment and the stage and the resources and the support that will get them to another point that will help lead them along the continuum of whatever it is we're working on, stick play, calendar time, etc. Yeah, and, and so there's all kinds of vectors, offering vectors. Um, there's the uh, leaving the book or the printout of the article on, uh, on the, the break room the table. Um, but, but I mean, there's also, there's also this little bit of almost subliminal modeling that you can do. I, that's my favorite method, honestly, is like in front of other people doing things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I, some of my most profound moments of understanding for certain strategies, certain thought processes in working with children have been from seeing other people do it. Yeah. And yeah. Like I've had directors that have come in and have said things or done things or interacted with a child in a way, like it actually just today, I heard somebody do this. I, there were, there were two, I was one of the adults in this situation. There are two adults talking and we're, we're chatting about, we're on the playground. We're chatting about just kind of some housekeeping things that need to get done. And we never, we rarely see each other. So we're like, oh, like, let's talk about this right now. And uh, one child comes up to us and is, is just kind of lurking. It's a child who loves adults and lo like loves that kind of interaction. And the other person with me, this is Kira. Hi, Kira. Um, she listens to this podcast says like, I say, Hey, you're, you're welcome to keep riding your bike. Cause they're, they're riding bikes around. Um, and she says it's, and we love you very much. And we love spending time with you. And right now we're having a conversation. I was like, holy shit, why didn't I tell him that? Oh my God, you're so right. Like I did not validate that he needs to know how much we love him because we do love him so much. So to watch her do that, I was like, well, now I'm radically changed. Uh -huh. Now that's gonna happen. That's, I'm gonna start incorporating that into my practice. That was basically her offering an idea. I don't even know if she consciously did that. Like, hey, Sam, stop being a dick to this kid. Um, but like, she's now given me this idea. So now I'm sort of planning this next step in my head, right? Like that next piece of, oh, I'm going to start using that when there's something else. If I'm working with another child, if there's a small crisis happening, if I have to have a conversation with another adult because it's pickup and we have to talk about fees or whatever, and there's another child that wants my attention, I need to validate them first. 
before mm-hmm. I give them, hey, go, you know, oh, did you want to do this? Oh, were you still working on that? I need to validate them. I need to tell them that I love being with them. Like, wow, of course, that's what I need to do. And then with that last piece of staying realistic, I will not do that every time. Yeah. Because what we've, we, ta- we had a whole episode about habits. Old habits take time yeah. to yeah. become new habits. It will take me time. I need to stay realistic about it. I need to think about it. I need to reflect on it. Hey, what was preventing me from talking to the child in that way? Oh, I was really flustered because the parent had brought up, you know, kind of a big conversation. I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to connect with the child in that moment because my head was not with them. My head was at an adult level. So to stay and the stay realistic is the the last part I added because I I realized... And after having our conversation about habits, I, I re, especially I'm now feeling it more. Like I realized that if we don't stay realistic in the things we expect from ourselves or from our peers, we're going to get upset. We're going to get flustered. Why aren't you doing circle time like this? Why are you still doing calendar like that? You know, we don't put dentures in the mouths of six months old, six month olds. You know, we, we, we wait for them. That would be awesome. We wait for them to grow teeth. Oh man, maybe something gold and platinum. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. We could. I think this would be. I think people would buy this, Sam. This is a product for you. Um, And just having that realistic outlook, you're going to have to. The offering piece is going to be something you. You're. I mean, look, you might be offering stuff that nobody's noticing. Right. And, and you might be off- it might take seven times of offering something for someone to finally pick up on it or for someone to say, I am interested in that. And, you know, again, that, that comes down, I think, to a lot of like your staff relationships, your staff size, what kind of meetings are you having? You know, do you get together once a month or do you meet once a week? Are you seven people or are you 47 people? Because that's going to change how you're able to interact with each other. And that's going to change how you're able to offer ideas to people. It might be a year-long process. It might be a many-year-long process to go from this is A week, this is B week, this is C week to full-fledged inquiry and child-led exploration. Yeah. And it, it's something we talk about constantly on this show. It's, it's about those baby steps and it's about, it's about you do something and you get comfortable with it and you do a little bit something else. And, and this framework you put together is just kind of a, a way to go about that a little bit more systematically with. Uh, right. That's, it's just a system. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's a system. It's a system. Happens. I think I, I need to spend a little bit more time with, um, we're almost at a good episode time here. I'm thinking maybe we should come back and do a part two where we we pick a topic and then walk through this whole process with examples about how it, how it might go. I would love to do that. Well, then I'm, let's do that. Um, and do you know what will, what will happen then? I'm what sorry, will happen? I have not, we will become pop stars. <laughs> I have not spent the whole episode waiting for that. I promise pop stars that's so funny i make the jokes here sorry (laughs) this has been the child care bar and grill podcast back soon with another episode thanks for listening bye-bye
This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.